This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Talking Bears Friday on 670 The Score. Get fired up, Chicago. They're dancing in the streets. State Street and the Bears. They've shut down Lake Forest. The Bears in the wind column over Washington, 40 to 20. And while the Bears were celebrating, the music was blaring in the Bears clubhouse. And then you had what's going on, Magic Johnson, one of the investors, For the Washington Commanders, he's ripping the ball club on social media. (laughs) And you got the you got the new owner, Josh Harris, who just paid six billion. I invested in this for what? Oh boy. So congrats to the Bears. And I'll tell you what, DJ Moore, who will join Mully and Haw coming up at eight o'clock this morning, right here on 670 the score. By the way, by the way, I should get this uh timely promo in that you're listening to a plumber's 911 football Monday on a Friday presented by Busey Bank and it's not a game Illinois.com. So again, everyone's talking about fields and more and why not? Eight uh, times they connected 230 yards and uh, three touchdowns. But right I mean I like the second play of the ball game for the Bears, this is what happened. They go three by one here. Mooney in motion. That's a great front four for Washington, but the line does its job at open and making the catch inside the 30-yard line, D.J. Moore. So they missed fire on the first one, but hit the second one. Line did its job. Field stayed in the pocket, 57 yards over Benjamin St. Juice. The, the, the pocket, when the pocket is clean, like any quarterback, Justin Fields especially, is he's growing as a pocket quarterback. You see how clean the pocket is there? What he does is do a good job of reading the safety coming down. Once he saw the safety come down, realized he had a one-on-one opportunity, St. Juice gets it lost in coverage, and he makes them pay. All right, so that is Al Michaels, Kirk uh, Herbstreet uh, from Amazon with the call. 
And uh, if you've uh, just joined us, welcome 670 The Score as the uh, Bears beat Washington in this uh, ball game. And a lot of pressure on the head coach of the Bears. He's been under a great deal of pressure to get this thing turned around. Matt Eberflus uh, talked about his not only what's going on in his world, but also with the Bears win after the game last night in D.C. So uh, just got out of the locker room. Uh, guys did a nice job of, uh, you know, sticking together, you know, during our adversity. And I told them the, the reason we could do that is because of the relationships we've built uh, in the building. And uh, the guys have always been tight, always been determined, and uh, super excited uh, about that. Um, and let me digress for a second. Uh, my condolences to uh, the Buckus family. Uh, my, my deepest sympathies to them. Um, I had a, a, a several chances to visit with uh, Dick during the time uh, that I've been here, and it's always great talking to him, you know, because he's one of my idols uh, growing up, uh, being a linebacker, and uh, we had some good talks about reading keys and, and a, lot, a lot of different things. But, uh, uh, again, my, my condolences uh, to the family for sure there. Um, uh, in terms of the game, um, obviously the first half, nice job uh, with the offense, you know, scoring on every possession. I thought we played some really good complimentary football. Um, you know, getting a couple of three and outs there to start um, on, on defense. You know, I thought the defense played well. And really it was about the ball. You know, I, I've always talked about that with the guys. And I know when I said to them, I said, when we get that right, we'll be right. You know, we were plus two uh, today. So that was a big part of it. Obviously, DJ Moore is going to be a big story. Uh, you saw in uh, his skill and talent level out there today. And, uh, you know, just an amazing player. And uh, Justin uh, does, did a really good job of feeding him today. I thought that was really, really nice. And, uh, you know, the offense operated good at the end. You know, to close out games, you're going to have to make, have to make plays uh, to finish the game, and that's the big big thing we needed. You know, and we built some momentum last week. You know, this is a whole new group um, that we have. You know, a lot of rookies. You know, we got a lot of free agents that are coming together, and we felt the momentum building uh, last week, and uh, we just needed to finish better. And the guys pulled together last week and, and did a nice job of finishing this game, you know, and every game's different. You know, you, you have a bunch of different set of circumstances, you know, the score, the time, uh, the skill level you're playing against, you know, so there's a lot of things that go into it. And uh, I want to commend our offensive line uh, really today because of all the lineup changes going against that defensive line, you know, because that was one of our key keys to victory was uh, being able to uh, do a decent job against that line. We knew they were going to have some pressures. You know, they had three sacks, but uh, Coach Morgan, you know, uh, Coach Steckel, uh, did an excellent job of shuffling those guys around there. Cody came in, did an excellent job at center. Uh, JT was in at guard. Tevin was just back. You know, so they did a really good job of uh, sticking together and, and giving Justin the time he needed to throw the ball um, during the game. So with that, I'll open up to questions. Yeah, what did you see from Justin tonight? <coughs> Overall, picture, the first half, kind of weathering, uh, kind of a drought there in the second half. Of the game. Yeah, I mean, just poise. You know, I saw poise the entire time. Uh, you can see him comf being comfortable in the pocket, uh, going through his reads, um, you know, delivering the ball on time. But that takes everybody. You know, it takes the receivers, you know, being in the right spot. You know, it takes the protection. And uh, that's what I saw. And, uh, you know, my favorite play of the day was when he scrambled and slid at the end, you know, because that was, that was very uh, smart, you know, me being a defensive guy, um, you know, to, to uh, get the clock out of there, you know, whittle the clock down. But uh, excellent job. And uh, he's, he's really learning. 
uh, the position, learning the offense, and he's just growing. And now he's starting to get the fruits of his labor here the last couple weeks, and we're just going to build on that momentum. How big were some of the contributions from the young guys on defense, like Strawman and Smith, getting turnovers? Yeah, yeah, that's big. You know, those guys are young. Um, you know, we're, we put them in there. We, we have no problem putting them in there because they're talented players, and, and uh, they did a nice job. You know, we talked about, you know, everybody uh, taking a swing at it. You know, and they, they did a good job of taking it, you know, taking the ball away. So Stroman's interception was outstanding. You know, we were in a coverage that dictates him to follow that guy inside there like that. He did a nice job stepping in front of it. Um, you know, so that was really good. And then really Smitty was just will. You know, he just willed it to happen. And uh, the guys uh, was stayed up and did a great job of raking the ball out, you know, and then recovering it. So it was really, really good play. Yeah. You, what did it mean to walk into a winning locker room? Yeah, that's the way you get into coaching, you know. I've been coaching 32 years, you know, so – uh, you know, when I started doing it, I was uh, 22 and nine months. I was coaching the guys that I played with, you know, so that was a little weird, but um, it was, it's fun because you get to see the smiles and the joy for their hard work. You know, all the staff members, the coaches, you know, it's a lot of work that you put into this. You know, we've gone through some adversity, uh, but we learn lessons from that adversity. You know, those, those things harden you a little bit, you know, so uh, it's, uh, it's going to be fun going forward. What were you feeling when DJ Moore broke away from that game ceiling touchdown in the fourth quarter? Like your own yeah, I was right there. I saw it, and uh, right there on the sideline. And man, it's, he's just an amazing athlete to be able to uh, take that ball and then just, you know, you know the way he catches and concentrates. You know, the guy tried to step in front of it, and uh, he just has great concentration. And that's every day. He's like that, you know. So he's a true pro. Um, he's a har- our hardest worker, which is really really cool to say, you know, because he's a really good player, and uh, he's a great example to model after. With the, with the understanding that the next game is a new game. What does a result like this do for your process? It's just, you know, you know, it's it's really the it's the fruits of the labor, right? You know, it's guys sticking together, guys working hard during practice, you know, and now they see results from it. You know, it gets frustrating, you know, with the players, you know, and I understand that. And I've talked to every one of them about that. I said I understand the frustration, but you have to stick, you know, you know, stay positive. Your eyes have always got to be forward. Um, and it's, this is going to be no different. I'm going to get in there on Monday. I'm going to say, hey, guys, there's corrections here that need to be made. How you get better as a football team is make those corrections, okay, and get better from your performance. If you win by 20 or you lost by three, that, that's that's what it is. That's how we're going to get better as a team. Washington's kind of hanging around and, and chipping away in the second half, and you're just a couple days removed from a game which the other team came back. I mean, you, you say anything to these guys, or you trust them enough that they're going to kind of respond there and dig in? Yeah, that was the message. That was the message all week about finishing, you know, and you, what you do is you finish with detail, you know, you finish with cycle of the snap, you finish playing one play, you know, and you can't look at the scoreboard. You just got to have an opportunity. Hey, I'm playing this one play. And if you keep it that way, execution is going to be good. And uh, that's what they did today. What kind of defensive arrangement went into trying to stop Sam Howell on that old line? Yeah, I mean, you know, at the second half, because of the score the way it was, that was a pretty much a pass game from there. But, uh, again, the first half, you know, obviously their, their line is blocks really well in the run game. You know, their, their runners are, are strong and they get downhill. And we were, we were definitely concerned about that going into it, you know, the tackling aspect of those guys. So once they got into a passing game, you know, we got a chance to rush the passer. We, you know, obviously blitzed a, a few times and you know, got some pressure that way too. But uh, uh, that's how it handled. That's how we handled the game. You got a lot more pressure to do that seemingly with just rushing forward, especially that drive right before the, of the first half. Yeah. Got home some pressure like three straight times. What unlocked for the, for the front in terms of just getting to get home before? Yeah, I mean, just pinning their ears back, right? You know, in their approach angle, you know, their, their move area, you know, just doing the basics of rush. And, uh, you know, those guys are starting to work together more. 
And I think the continuity is starting to gel and be there. So uh, hopefully we can build upon that. What was it like trying to juggle some of the running back depletion that you had going on? Just yeah, that was, that was big. It was big for a while because we had uh, a couple guys down. You know, so KB stepped in there, and, and I thought he did a nice job. You know, in the four-minute drill, uh, did a really nice job of, of moving the line and making a couple of nice cuts and protecting the football. You know, he did a nice job there. And Herbert, Herbert yeah, I just think he's growing. I just think he's growing in the system, and you know, I think we're doing a good job of really knowing his skill and. Uh, He's doing a great job of communicating with us uh, during the week what he likes and, and what he doesn't like, and it's just an open co- communication, and that's how you got to be with your quarterback. And uh, he's really doing a nice job of growing. Herbert came back in briefly and then yeah. left and just just couldn't go, just couldn't do it, or he didn't activate it after that, did he? Um, I don't know yet. I really don't know. I don't know. I got to talk to the trainers. I don't know the the whole detail of it yet. Matt, late first half to get that takeaway from Greg and then turn it into a touchdown. How big of a swing was that for you guys just to yeah. do that swing? Yeah, that, that, those are always big. You know, the, the, the takeaway is huge. You know, it sets field. Um, you know, you, you stop a possession. Um, there's a lot of things to that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, we have to do a better job of that. You know, we haven't done a good enough job of that, but we did tonight. So we got to build upon that, and it's always hard to get those. Um, but again, it's got to be you got to be fanatical about it, and uh, it's got to be done in practice first, and then it'll be done in the games. Matt, what was your vantage point of the PI flag that got picked up? Um, yeah, it was good. I was you know about ten feet away from it, um, so it was really good, and I thought it was a good call to pick it up. I really did. I thought that he looked back. I thought there was minimal contact, and he looked back for the ball. And um, you know, the back judge came in. You know, you know, very experienced guy that's been in the league sixteen years, and and did a nice job of, of uh, making that right. What was your vantage point on the play? DJ Moore allegedly stepped out of bounds. He said, uh, "Yeah, I'm not going to comment. On that. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that one." So, yeah, just because of his reputation of that, you know, he is a hard worker and he's a, he's a great teammate. He's a great teammate. He uplifts everybody. Um, he helps others, and he works. And you know, put together with it being a great player, um, that's uh, that's why we wanted him. Okay, thanks, guys. Okay, that's the uh, head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus, talking about his uh, team's victory. Thought uh, with acknowledging the passing of Dick Butkus, very very classy on the part of the head coach of the Bears, and uh, one would think that he would do that, which he did, and I think it's fantastic. And uh, the Bears. Resume play on the 15th at Soldier Field against the Minnesota Vikings. And I wonder how many times, by the way, I wonder how many times that uh, Dick Butkus ran right through the offensive line of Minnesota with center Mick Tinglehoff and destroyed the Vikings, whether it was Fran Tarkenton at quarterback or anyone else that lined up behind center for the uh, Vikings organization. But uh, hopefully the Bears, and I'm sure they're going to do this, they'll probably have a patch to recognize Butkus uh, on their jersey. Maybe they'll have number 51 on the turf at Soldier Field, but the passing of Dick Butkus at the age of 80. We have lines open. You want to talk Butkus? We'll talk Butkus. You want to talk about the Bears? Have the Bears turned the corner? Is this a game, or do you think, okay, you know what? They're due for a home win after losing to Green Bay along with Denver at Soldier Field. They are due to win a game at home. 312 
The fact they won this type of game with so many players out before the kickoff and then during the game, whether it was concussions or whether it was a leg injury, whatever the case may be, and they had a ton of injuries in this game, do you think this ball club has taken a gigantic step forward and will put this ball club in a position now where they can start winning some games? 312-644-6767 right here on 670 The Score. Tyler Farringal is our producer. Tyler, do we have to take a break or are we good? We're still good? So, Tyler, before we get to some calls, let me ask you a question about the Bears. Okay, so we're celebrating a Bears win, and we should, okay? We should celebrate a Bears victory. The city is starved for a winner. They love the Bears. They love the Bears. They don't enjoy the Bears. They love the Bears. There's a a big difference. This fan base is awesome. So having said this, do you buy into the fact that now they're going to go on a mini win streak? They can take care of business against Minnesota. They can beat the Raiders. Is the Raiders game, by the way, is that here or in Vegas? Do you know? I believe it will be in Chicago because the last time they played as uh, just regular opponents actually was in London in 2019. And I believe the Raiders were the designated home team. Yeah, so, it's here. It's here against the Raiders. So they've that's got what I thought. two home games coming up with the Vikings and Raiders. And you would think they could win these games. You Really, I'm serious. I mean, I'm not, I'm not drinking the cool. I think the Vikings are just... Below average, okay? And I still think if the if the right trade comes around and with the team with cap room, I think Kirk Cousins is gone. I really do. I, I think he could get moved. And that's just my opinion. I don't obviously have inside sources, which I don't. But I think where the Vikings are at, I think they're ready to move on. And if they can get the right draft pick or picks for him, I think he's gone. Uh, And he's got a big ticket. That's the only thing that could prevent him from being moved. But they got the Vikings home. Then they got the Raiders. And I'm I'm not, no, the Raiders, forget about them. So so you would think two home games coming up and the Bears starting to put a little mojo together, they can win these games, right? Oh, absolutely. And I'm not going to say for sure, book it, mark it, you know, the Bears are going to win. But, you know, there's definitely some hope, Chuck, like you mentioned. They got that monkey off their back. They finally won a game for the first time in almost a calendar year. And and like you said, Minnesota has a below average defense. The Bears can show, the Bears have shown that they can keep up in a scoring match on almost any given day. Same with the Raiders. Nothing impressive about them. So, they got this monkey off their back by winning. Absolutely, they have a fighting chance if they play like they did, uh, especially in the first half against Denver and in this game against Washington, these next two games. Yep. So Minnesota, they're hosting Kansas City. Is that correct? That's correct. All right, so Minnesota's going to lose that game. So they're going to go to 1-4, and four, and the Bears are 1-4, and four, and uh, Green Bay is 2-2, two and two, and Detroit is 3-1. and one. So... Um, Green Bay plays the Raiders this week, so kind of a little bit of a uh, fidgeting around with the Bears' opponents facing their division rivals so far. And and I believe Carolina plays at Detroit. Is that correct? You are correct. All right, so Detroit's going to win that game. 
So Detroit will go to four and one, but Carolina, every time Carolina loses, the Bears win because the Bears get Carolina's pick. So you've got games coming up with the Raiders and Chargers, in my opinion, or the Vikings and Raiders, in my opinion, that's two wins. And then they've got at the Chargers, tough game. It's going to be a tough game. And then they got the Saints, another tough game on the road. But, you know, New Orleans is, yeah, I, I'm not saying it's a pick game. New Orleans will go into that game probably favored. No, right. no question. They have a tough defense, and that environment there in New Orleans is pretty tough to play in as well. Yeah, and then home with the Panthers. They're going to win that game. I think so, They're going to win sure. that game, and another loss for the Panthers means another selection for the Bears moving up the food chain for it's the a number double one win. pick. Yes, it is. It is a double win. And then on the road at Detroit. That's going to be a tough game. Tough game. Uh, at the Vikings on the 27th of November. Who knows what the Vikings roster is going to look like on the 27th. I'll just say this, Chuck. I've been to U.S. Bank Stadium twice in the last two years now. It is a very tough road place to play. Yeah. But again, this isn't your Vikings team that you've come to know the last few years. Oh, no. This, this is... isn't last year's Vikings where they won 11 one-score games. They, yes. they started the year 0-3. Yeah, I, I get that, but I I don't think you can pencil in uh, and mark in that they're ahead for the playoffs. No chance. Oh, no, they're behind they're the eight ball at this yes. point. And so you've got games coming up then. You've got at Lions, at Vikings, home with the Lions. They played the Lions twice in a three-game span. Interesting. Weird. Yes. At the Browns, and who knows what you're getting with Cleveland in mid-December. Um, home with the Cardinals, you would think you'd be favored in that game. And then they close it off with uh, home with Atlanta. They should win that game. And then at Green Bay. And you know what? You could win that game. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm not sold on Green Bay at all. And, no, and, I think, and the, uh, the Bears I think Green Bay is getting game. some good coaching. But I was just going to say here, you know what's crazy, Chuck, is just how, how much a win changes everything. Seriously, when you win a football game, it completely changes the narrative of your season. Look at us now. We're talking about all these games down the season that the Bears can win. If this was last week, I mean, rewind, or not even last week, Sunday rewind, we'd probably have the Bears penciled in at two wins. But now they win in kind of dominating fashion. Who knows? Five, six, seven wins. You never know what can happen down the stretch as long as you get that win off your back. Yep. And think about this. With all the talk this week from... Inside sources, you know, it's amazing about this thing. And I don't know what it says about where we're at with journalism because there's so many, so many reporters now and bloggers and whatever. And this thing with inside sources, you know, report that Matt Eberflus could, you know, be fired if they lose this game against Washington. Then all of a sudden it becomes gospel. And you're saying, wait a minute. Well, if you're going to make that statement, okay, here's my take on this. If you're going to make a statement like that, then put your name next to the quote. So if you come out and say, I've learned that Matt Eberflus is going to lose his job if um, sources tell me if, if the Bears lose this game, Matt Eberflus is going to lose his job. That's the word inside Hallis Hall. Put your name to it. Don't say NFL source. Who's an NFL source? Who's an NBA source? Who's the Major League Baseball source? Major League Baseball source says blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Put your name next to it. Don't hide behind a cloak of secrecy. 
man up or person up, whatever you want to call it, and just say, okay, like, I, I got this. I'm putting my name next to it. You know, it's kind of it's interesting, too. Justin Fields was talking what, what about that. What happened the his... day of accountability? Yeah, exactly. Well, Justin Fields was talking about that, too. And in his press conference, he said when he called the media over and said, look, guys, I wasn't putting the coaching down, he kind of mentioned it feels like you guys sort of look for clicks. You look for views. And that's one of those things where, like you're, like you're saying, if you're not putting your name next to it, you're kind of just looking for someone to say, oh, wow, look at this headline. You, there's not really any true value to it. You're just looking for attention in this case. Well, in the case, well, hold on for a second. When, when Fields addressed um, the press conference, I mean, that was him talking. So, I mean, and maybe maybe after talking, he felt maybe you know, people are going to misconstrue what I had to say and this is what I really wanted to say. And so he restructured or reconfigured the narrative of what he was saying. I'm talking about when when you have a story where then you attribute to sources, say, and it's damaging to someone's character or damaging to uh, employment of a specific coach, you know, you're running into a situation you've got to be really, really careful because uh, if you don't hold yourself accountable, this thing could get spiral out of control. That's, in a sense, I'm glad the Bears won tonight. Number one, I'm glad they won a football game first. Secondly, I'm glad they won to take some pressure off this coach. And do I think he's made all the right moves? No, I don't. But I, I also don't believe that every game determines whether or not he should be gainfully employed. Last year, what was the Bears' record last year? How many wins did they Three and have? 14. Three and 14, thank you. So, they, But everyone knew what they were getting into last year. They could have had the second coming of Don Shula or Papa Bear or Bill Belichick coach this ball club, and maybe they could have squeezed out another win, maybe two. Not much, though. And so you're going into that last season knowing full well that this ball club was in one of those, we're going to look at the big picture here and determine who can play, who can't play. We're going to clear dead cap room off. You go into that thinking that, but you still have to hold your coaching staff accountable for production and growth of players during the year. You want a player to be better in game three than he was in training camp. You want a player to be better in game seven than he was in game three, so on and so forth. I think Eberflus deserves this season to find out, again, this is not a finished product. I do think he deserves this season, and then we can evaluate him and move forward from this point on. But um, and, And so, you know what? I'm hoping I don't know the man. I have no, you know, connection with anyone with the Bears. I'm just talking about Chuck Swirsky, Joe Bag of Donuts, play-by-play announcer for the Chicago Bulls, talking about a head coach and hoping that he brings great success to the Bears, to the players, and to his coaching staff. That's all I'm looking for. This has been a tumultuous season already for the Bears in many ways. If we're not talking about the defensive coordinator, we're talking about how the Bears have lost games, and now we're talking about Claypool, that he's played his last game with the Bears. He's done, and, you know, it's just been one thing after another. They needed a positive headline, and 
as sad as the day as it was with with Dick Buckus, unfortunately, they turned that around pretty darn well with the 40 to 20 win and I mean DJ Moore's incredible performance. So they needed something positive to happen at some point, and they got it yes. last night. Yes, they did. And again, repeating Justin Fields' last two games, 43 of 64 in the air, 617 yards, eight touchdowns, only one interception, a passing rating of 131.5. Three, and that was that was very very impressive. And again, the Bears lost so many players last night. You name it: concussions, leg injuries, everything going on. And they still managed to um, get the dub. And this guy, Blasting Game, who was um, what three carries in his entire career, and the guy just balled. I mean, like he just. Got the football, he blocked, he did everything that they asked him to do. To me, he gets a game ball. I'm serious. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Titans fullback up until last year came with Ryan Poles. But, yeah, three three career carries, but he stepped up to the plate when both Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson went out with an injury. Yep. And, by the way, Johnson, he got his bell rung. You could tell on that play. Because whenever you see a player hesitate getting up after getting knocked in the helmet, and you saw him, and then he, he got up, and he tried to like act like, I'm good, I'm good. And wisely, I think they probably started saying, you know what, let's let's get him out of there. Yeah, well, it's sort of like with the Tua thing last year, right? When he was sort of shaking, giving up, nobody stepped up and said, hey, we need to get this guy well, out of the game. But yeah, well, Look what DJ Moore did with uh, Justin Fields. Yes, uh, DJ Moore doing that in Kansas City. Yes, so... All right, uh, we're going to take a break. We've got lines open at 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. This is Chuck Swirsky. Tyler Farringold is our producer. We're here until 5 o'clock. So if you want to pick up the phone and you want to talk Bears football, please do so, or Butkus football as well, uh, because maybe you're going into your shift, your 4 o'clock shift, or maybe you're coming out of work now, and you're listening in the car, 50,000 watts. Think about that. We're blasting in the East Coast, Midwest, you name it, Canada. So if you're a Bears fan or an NFL fan, give me a call, 312-644-6767. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. And welcome back. Chuck Swirsky, we are live on 670 The Score. Always a pleasure at uh, 22 minutes before 4 a.m. We're live right here on 670 The Score. At uh, 5 o'clock, we'll turn things over to the pregame show with Dustin Rhodes from 5 to 5.30. And then we've got a plenty, plenty full morning of Bears football. Uh, the pick six at 6 a.m. Then you got Ross Tucker, Joe Fortenball, DJ Moore at 8 with Mully and Hall, Brad Biggs, Bernstein and Holmes. By the way, speaking of Bernstein and Holmes, we're going to go to Habarkush in a moment uh, and talk about the late, great Dick Butkus who... Uh, Hub appeared with Bernstein and Holmes. But we are going to uh, open up some phone lines here to talk about Butkus. Uh, did you ever see Butkus played? I'm talking to a different, different, different generation. Butkus joined the ball club mid-60s, retired early 70s. If you have a Butkus story, please give me a call, 312-644-6767. And for our audience that never saw Butkus play, um, heard of Butkus, would always, you know, be referred to by your parents or by football fans as, man, what a linebacker, greatest linebacker ever. I suggest you go to YouTube and dial it up, Dick Butkus, and you will see some violent, ferocious hits by number 51 of the Chicago Bears, the greatest linebacker, in my opinion, ever, ever in the history of the National Football League Dick Butkus. If you want to talk about the Bears and have they turned the corner and are you feeling better about the Bears and Fields than you were three, four weeks ago, 312-644-6767. This was a big-time, resilient win for the Chicago Bears, period. End of story. And it's interesting. You know what's bizarre, Tyler, is that you know a lot of people now you, we talked about coaching earlier before the break with Matt Eberflus. And what's interesting is that now you've got a lot of people saying, Bill Belichick has yeah, he's lost it. You know, he hasn't lost it. I'll tell you what he lost. He lost Tom Brady. He lost a lot of good players. If you don't have players in sports, I want this is like an earth-shattering bulletin to our listeners. you got to have players. I'm sorry. You can be the greatest coach in the world, the greatest baseball manager in the world. If you don't have players, you are not going to win. End of story. You may be able to squeeze out a win or two here or there or get on a little bit of a run with an 82-game season or 162, whatever. But you have got to have good, really good skilled players, players with character, for sustainable success in sports. 
And that's why people are saying, well, it was Tom Brady. Of course it was Tom Brady with help of Bill Belichick. You know, then you look at all the players that New England has lost. And for the most part, their front office has done a really good job making sure that they are cap friendly so they can replace a player here and a player there. But Bill Belichick is still a great coach. You know, it's the same thing in college football with the NIL now. The playing field has changed. You got these schools with big time donors, and they're giving the athletic departments a blank check to say, go get that tight end who's a high school, you know, all American in Pensacola, Florida. Go get him. Here's X number of dollars. Oh, okay. I just read a story. Dial this up. I think it, uh, one school, is it Utah, that just gave uh, each player a truck? Is that right, Tyler? No, I saw that too. You are correct. It is the University of Utah. Okay. So they get, so, you know, does that mean now that, that Nick Saban's lost his magic? Oh, wow, Nick, say, you know, see what I told you? No, it's other schools now. The, the landscape has changed. You got to have players. And that's why I think we need to give Matt Eberflus a benefit of the doubt. You know, I mean, they have better talent this year than they did last year. The, I think they'll have better talent next year than they will this season. And so I think I want to give this guy the benefit of the doubt and let him coach this year. Well, and, doesn't it also validate Ryan Poles' words a little bit too when he said we're about 75 to 80% of the way through with this rebuild? Yeah. Now, see, personally, I would not have made that statement, but – you know, maybe he was asked and he said, I'm 75, 80. I would just say we're continuing to rebuild. I wouldn't have gone sure, into sure. a percentage. That's just me. But I do like him as a GM. I really do. I think he knows what he's doing. Now, did he make a mistake on Claypool? Yes. And he admitted that. You know, we have to move on. I give the guy a lot of onions because he did something about it. He saw what was going on and he said, I can't have this guy on my roster. And, you know, he said all the right things. He took the high road about his player, and he'll never play for the Bears again. Wish him luck. And I hope Claypool gets it together. I really do, Tyler. I, I, I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh or here. I don't know at him at all. So I'm not going to judge him. I've never met the man. I don't know the man. I watched him at Notre Dame. I thought he was a really good player. That's what I'm saying. Tell me, his stats were really, really good. There's a reason why he was a second-round pick at Notre Dame. You know, it's a shame he couldn't make it in Pittsburgh under a great environment there with Mike Tomlin, and now here in Chicago. So, right, you're hoping that the guy gets it straight. And I mean, the the talent's there. I mean, the the, the physical traits are there. He just has got to get it yep. together mentally. And it, and it appears he he came to a Bulls game with DJ Moore and Justin Fields. It seemed like that there was a bond that was starting to form here. Because, oh, absolutely. You know, because Justin Fields has been very, very supportive of Claypool uh, publicly. And I'm sure privately. I'm sure maybe they socialized together. But it didn't happen here. For whatever reason, it didn't happen. Um, so, anyway. You, but the point being, you've got to have players. Period. Got to have players. Well, one of the greatest players in history of the Bears, Dick Butkus, the greatest defensive player in the history of the Bears, without question, Dick Butkus, who would be in the Mount Rushmore of Chicago Bears legends, and he was a legend. 
And uh, Hub Arkush was with us on the Bears Radio Network in the 80s and 90s when Butkus was a member of that broadcast crew, first with Jim Hart and Wayne Larrabee, and then we saw, you know, a rotation of different people come in and out of the booth. But Dick Butkus loved Chicago, loved the Bears. He passed away, and uh, Hub joined Parkinson Spiegel. So TMZ is reporting that an all-time Bear, a football legend, the Hall of Famer Dick Buckus has passed away at the age of 80. Hub Arkish joins us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hub, I know you cannot confirm TMZ's report, but uh, for the sake of discussion, let's assume it's true. What are your first uh, reactions and impressions when you hear that Dick Buckus has passed away? Well, uh, you know, I, I actually am just hearing about this like everybody else right now. And, it's hard to even focus. Uh, Dick, uh, we just talked a few weeks ago, and, you know, I, I knew that he had had some heart issues. He'd had some serious uh, surgery. It was ironic because uh, the surgeries and a lot of it was similar to kind of what I went through about a year ago. Not that it has anything to do with me, but um, uh, it's just heartbreak. You know, I mean, Dick was uh, my broadcast partner for a number of years. He was a, a dear friend. and You know, I, I think that if you listed maybe the 10 greatest NFL players of all time that Dick would probably be on that list. And uh, more than that, just, just really good human being, you know, great person and just a tremendous loss for, you know, the Bears fans, everybody, sports fans or anybody, you know, who knew Dick and just my thoughts and prayers are kind of with the family right now. It's deeply personal relationship for you, Hub, as you mentioned, your, your broadcast partner, and, you know, people think of him as, 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 of course, this incredibly vicious and violent NFL player. But what was he like? What was he like as a guy and a partner for you? He, he, was, uh, he was a great human being. He, he really he was a great partner. Uh, he was a great friend. Um, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine living a life like Dick had to live, uh, you know, being one of the greatest football players of all time, being a, being a legend. You know, everybody always, you know, wanted part of something from him. And he always handled it so well. And, and you know, he, he was he was really a fairly quiet guy uh, until you got to know him. And um, uh, when you got to know him, just a really kind and, and, and generous human being, you know. And, and, and I think it's important to talk about the, the football star, too, because, as I just said, one of maybe the 10 greatest players of all time, uh, and, uh, you know, he was all that and more. He meant so much to the game. He meant so much to the city of Chicago. And uh, I'm sure, you know, anyone else who was fortunate enough to call him a friend or, or a business associate would, uh, you know, pretty much have the same things to say about him. On, on the football front, Hub, I mean, it's, you know, Bill George is is thought to have kind of invented the middle linebacker position, which is part of why the Bears and middle linebacker are so linked forever. But Buck Butkus kinda kinda defined it though, didn't he? Like I mean Butkus became the model for what middle linebackers would be for decades and decades. Yeah, I I, I think that is clear. I, I think that it would be hard to argue that he wasn't, you know, the, the greatest linebacker of all time. And I think a lot of it was was more than the athleticism uh, the, the toughness and, 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 and the commitment and, and, and the trying to make every single play in every single game. And, uh, uh, you know, he obviously was an incredible athlete, 
Um, uh, but, but I always, it's funny, whenever I think of Dick, I always come back to the toughness first. Uh, he was, uh, the most mm-hmm. impressive and, and, and toughest football player, you know, I ever watched. How, how, you know, for someone, you know, obviously I've never seen him play. I've only seen NFL films, highlights and videos uh, of the man. Like, how would you describe that toughness or that playing style for people who didn't actually watch 60 minutes of a game of his? Well, you know, it was obviously a very, very different game then, and, and, and you have to take that into account when you talk about it. But the, the thing I remember is the number of other great NFL players who I've been fortunate enough to get to know who told me that when they had to play the Bears, they were a little bit afraid of Dick. You know, he, he was that tough. He, he was that nasty. He made that many plays. And um, he, he, he really – Took, you know, I think everybody else who played the game, you know, would say about him that uh, he was maybe the one that they feared the most because uh, uh, beyond the toughness, uh, the, the hitting ability and the combination of the toughness and the athleticism, um, you know, he made plays on the football field that no one have ever had ever made before. And I'm not sure that many players have made him since. It's interesting when you say no one had, had made them before because we're talking about the early genesis of, uh, you know, of, of middle linebacker. You watch highlights of Dick and you see him shooting gap after gap after gap, and we're used to seeing that now from middle linebackers. But, like, he must have been smart as hell as a player, Hub, like reading, reading running lanes and reading offenses but, and then using the athleticism to get in there and punish people. He he was he was a big man, uh, you know, even by today's standards for the position and the athleticism he had for a guy his size uh, was incredible. I, I don't think he was known, you know, for speed so much as the speed for a guy as big as him and, and the plays he made. And he never quit. Uh, you, you know, there, the, the play was never over until Dick had made it. Um, and and then. You know, really, uh, as the human being, um, he was also very smart. Uh, as I said, he he was quiet and he tried not to share too much. But when you got to know him and and you got to learn, you know, some of the things that he had said and done, and just the way he acted in certain situations, he he was he was very bright and uh, he was the complete package. I I don't know any other way to say it other than that. He was probably, you know, one of the most complete packages ever to play the game. Hub, thank you so much. I know it's emotional for you. We really appreciate you jumping on so quickly after the news. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. And just again, my thoughts and prayers to the family, and I'm sure we'll learn more. Um, and it's just, it's just it's a great loss for, for all of us. Thank you, Hub. That's Hub Arkish uh, eulogizing and remembering his friend, Dick Buckus, the all-time bear who TMZ has reported has passed away at the age of 80. All right, so that is uh, Parkinson Spiegel with Hub Arkush and Hub and myself, part of that uh, broadcast team that welcomed Dick Butkus on the Bears Radio Network back in 1985. And a lot of people were surprised that Dick would want to make this weekly trip to Chicago or on the road because he lived in Southern California. But Dick had no problem with it. In fact, he loved it. And he loved being back in Chicago, loved being around the uh, National Football League, and uh, renew some acquaintances because Dick was still a very young man when he uh, elected to return to Chicago. He was early 40s when he came back to uh, become an analyst on the Bears radio network. So again, Dick Butkus, without question, 
maybe the finest defensive player in the history of the National Football League. He revolutionized the position of being a middle linebacker. And I don't think there's any doubt that when opposing teams saw tape or film back in those days, it was film, not tape, but when they saw film of Butkus, if you were an offensive coordinator, you were circling number 51 on that scouting report and said, okay, we are running away from him. And if you look at what transpired in those days with Butkus, he simply destroyed and just swallowed up lines, whether it was an offensive lineman. You see that picture where Butkus has to be held by three or four linemen. I mean, he was everywhere. And that's the greatest thing about Dick Butkus was his heart and his passion for the sport and for playing for the Chicago Bears. I think it was very, very special for him. And in fact, I spoke to him about this, how he was able to play not only for Chicago Vocational. Mully told a story earlier that he wanted to go to Notre Dame, and that's true, but he was married. And so when he left Illinois to come back to Chicago to play for the Bears and play his entire career for the Bears, unbelievable. It was a great, great story. And again, he played less than 10 years for the Bears. He played nine years. He had a bad knee. He made all pro eight of the nine. He was a member of the 75th anniversary team, the 100th anniversary team. Without any doubt in my mind, he is the greatest defensive player ever, ever in the history of the National Football League. We're going to take a break. We'll uh, open up some phone lines. Also hear from you via text at 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. We are celebrating a Bears victory. The Bears in the win column and need a 14-game losing streak. Their first win in nearly a year. That's right, right, Tyler? In nearly a year with their last win came October 24th, you said? You are correct. Okay, so let's celebrate and get you on the phone lines. What did you take out of this game with a victory on the road at Washington? 312-644-6767. This Chuck Swirsky, always a pleasure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.